This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sitting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Um, to revisit for a moment the uh, the 3D printed guns yes. that can be made on a printer. The reason I'm essentially not following the story is I, I have no interest in a, a Lego gun. They're, they're essentially, it looks like a gun built out of Legos. Uh, yeah. Okay, but uh, Brian writes with a good point. Joe, I disagree that you don't have a horse in the race regarding the 3D printed gun blueprints being published. I'm paraphrasing, but the bill the politicians are getting behind goes like this. It shall be from this point forward illegal to publish 3D printing blue pits. Prince. As a journalist, newspaper man, radio man, and author, it uh, should send a chill down your spine. We should not be behind the government prohibiting any speech. So this is a First Amendment argument, not just a Second Amendment argument. Just my thoughts, loyal listener, Brian. I got to read more about that story now. Yes, uh, I don't 3D print. I don't understand the the whole thing about 3D printers. I know you could make like, you know, a dinosaur out of it and stuff like that. But I don't know how they make a gun. Well, the same way you guess you'd make the dinosaur. Yeah, but the, what, all the uh, 3D there's a printers. Fellow, there's a fellow uh, who wishes to make available online blueprints for how to do it, <clears> and the and the, and the the government, if if Brian's on the right track, and I think he is. The government is essentially saying we we we're going to prohibit you from publishing those blueprints, which is a bit which is a bit unsettling. The government shouldn't be telling me what I can publish. That's true. Yeah. All right. The New York Times has hired a gal named Sarah Jiang, and we learned about her yesterday. Uh, it now develops that she's responsible for extensive anti-cop. Tweets. Okay. Uh, the Times stood by her yesterday after the internet surfaced her old racist tweets. However, her full Twitter history reveals her ire was not only directed towards white people. The New York Times claims that Jiang was imitating the behavior of people who harassed her online, but this does not explain why she was tweeting, bleep the police, I can't use the word she used, and encouraging people to kill all men. Jeez. A search for cops and police on Jiang's Twitter reveals an extensive history of anti-cop sentiment and a lack of sympathy for police who are injured on the job. In one tweet from 2014, she wrote, Let me know when a cop gets killed by a rock or a Molotov cocktail or a stray shard of glass from a precious, precious window. I ain't hiring this word I can't say. No. Cops are, and then she uses a profanity, she said in 2015. If we're talking big sweeping bans on blank that kills people, why don't we ever, 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 ever talk about banning the police, she wrote in 2016. Okay. She also tweeted 
blanked the police on several occasions, including one with a gif of anime characters actually physically attacking a police officer. All right, where's the director of social media? Right here, sir. What's a gif? Um, A short online video. What's anime characters? I don't know what that Anime? Is. Anime, that's like the, uh, oh. that's like cartoon characters. Oh, anime, okay. it's a Japanese. Okay, so she, she created a little cartoon where people were beating up a policeman. Oh, uh, very isn't, that, tasteless. isn't that adorable? Yeah. In addition, Jiang uh, repeatedly tweeted about killing men and joked that even if only bad men were killed, that would still include all men. She's, she's, she is New York Times, uh, uh, you know, perfect for, for the Here's times. what I don't understand. In this hypersensitive world that we live in currently, how, how, how is there not a complete public outcry and backlash with everything that she's attached to? I'll try to explain that in a moment. Oh, thank you. She tweeted in 2014, kill more men, and seemed to sadly state at one point, I'm likely to actually kill zero men in my lifetime. White women were not spared from Jong's rage. During the 2016 election, she eloquently tweeted, uh, blank white women, LOL. The New York Times said on Thursday that they had reviewed Jiang's tweets prior to hiring her, but did not specify what they uh, what they had uh, zeroed in on. Are they, did they look at everything? Doesn't sound like it. The, the Times, this is an extraordinary look into the ideology or lack of ideology of once magnificent newspapers like the New York Times. They seem to embrace the hiring and 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 they then they hide behind the fact that, you know, she's Asian. Right. And so she's been harassed herself, which we have no evidence of. They uh they seem to embrace comfortably uh, the idea that she pretty much loathes Standards. Uh, she pretty much loathes America. Am I being out of bounds there? She no. she loathes white people uh, probably because in her mind uh, they've been in charge of a country that she doesn't like. And if only if only those white people could be killed, we'd have a better country. So she's she's pretty much. Hateful about America itself, but she enjoys the same freedom everybody enjoys. Of course, uh, the same uh, confidence. She's making money via employment. She must be somewhat talented if she got to the New York Times writing wise. I used to think that, <clears throat> but I, I don't think anymore that that talent first and foremost is what gets you to the New York Times. In okay. today's in today's world, maybe maybe your ideology gets you to the New York Times. I think it has far more to do with what will attract the most amount of web activity, as opposed to talent. Well, in, in other words, they're they're hiring her specifically because she is a lightning rod on social media, which is unfortunate because that's where we are in 2018. Yeah, because for the Times, she will not be writing such uh, ridiculous. Uh, material. She's presumably going to write editorials about new forms of technology or whatever. But what you're suggesting is she's already developed such prominence 
in the last 48 hours mm-hmm. that the Times is betting that many people will click on her column on the New York Times. Which is a really sad commentary on where we're at. Because if they had any balls at all, A, they wouldn't have hired her in the first place. Right. Or B, would now fire her. Well, neither has happened. Right. And and you don't fire her. She gets to tweet whatever she wants. Mm. She gets to tweet whatever she wants. But... That doesn't mean I have to hire you. Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. But in, but also, yeah, you can tweet whatever you want, but you still have to be held accountable by your employer. And the employer here, the New York Times, apparently uh, is going to overlook this. Sure. I mean, I can tweet something really stupid, but if Hubbard Broadcasting doesn't go along with it, I'm done. And that's the standards that should be met. The same social warriors that uh, that go after uh, conservatives, apparently there's a an equal number of social warriors who go after Mysterians, which just tells me that who in God's name wants to communicate so routinely on a platform that can be so easily found and disseminated? Now, it's one thing, I guess, if you're just tweeting funny things about sports, you're, you're probably going to get away with that all your life and not never you're, you're not going to get in trouble because you're not going to say foul, mean-spirited things. Right. But if you're going to say foul, mean-spirited things, you will be discovered. But maybe we're reaching a point where, yeah, you'll get discovered, but nobody really cares. You're not going to be held accountable for it. I don't think the New York Times cares about us in this room. I don't think we're their demographic. No, for sure they don't. They they uh, they they continue, in my estimation, to become more and more isolated. I don't regard them as a paper of record. I regard them as completely agenda driven, and they're and they're comfortable with this foul, hateful. Uh, elite human being who has no idea that we exist out here. She's she's insulated herself and surrounded herself only with like-minded people who think it's funny to hate white guys and hate cops and cheer for cops to die and white women too. Everything she, they they're comfortable with that. I don't know where that uh, leaves us in the. Uh, in the realm of our own declining culture. University of Garage Logic, 98, College of Self-Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. That's when I told you. May I have a bear update theme, please? Interrupt this program to bring you a bulletin concerning the bear in Central City. Jellystone Park has turned into a city. Hold it, bear! Hey, look at that bear up there! Somebody's out there for a coat on a bear up there! All right, look out! Come back here, bear! Don't be afraid, bear. Move this way. Give me your paw. What did you do that for? I didn't buy them. I know. Not a bear. Probably going to have to get a coyote update, huh? Union Bay... British Columbia. It sounds um, lovely. It sounds peaceful. I see a lot of green. Anna Stady 
has never met a bear she didn't like. Hmm. But that doesn't mean she wants one in her kitchen. Whoa. She's 95. Okay. Lives on Vancouver Island. She had to get rid of... Pardon? By Al Shaver. That's right, man. Yeah. She said she had to get rid of a black bear out of her home twice in one day last week. How are they getting in? She leaves the door open. (laughs) They just let themselves in. I was sitting in my library watching television, and I heard a noise in the kitchen and went in there, and there was a bear. So I said to him, get out. And he did. Stady stuck around to watch the bear leave and delivered some more tough love when it started taking its time in the yard. I told him, no, go home. So we went into the woods. Hmm. Go away, go. Stady went back to her television program, but it wasn't long before she heard another noise in the kitchen. When she returned, she found the bear poking around under her baking counter and saw the sugar bin had been knocked over on the floor. Oh, what a mess, Stady said. He's got a sweet tooth, as bears do. Lady, why are you leaving your door open? Close the door. So this time, she said, beat it. And he just looked at her. She told him she meant it. You got to get out of here now. Get. This time she closed the door. Okay, we're getting, uh, we're now getting now she's now learned. she gotten it. The bear's not the dumb one. This time she closed the door behind it on its way out. Her small home of 50 years is near the water, and she had left the door open to let some of the ocean breeze in. Okay. God. Ocean breeze. Sounds Vancouver wonderful. Vancouver Island. Cottage, little cottage. Uh, spilled sugar and bears. Mm-hmm. She said she's, uh, Stady said she's met plenty of bears in her life because she once worked as a cook in a logging camp across western British Columbia. She was a cook in the logging camp. Sure she was. Oh, she got her nickname. (laughs) You're not here for the cooking, are you? (laughs) I think it's uh, sophomoric of you to act that way. Yes, yes. Because I see her with the hairnet, you know. Hey, Cookie, how about some more beans? I'm just going to leave this door open again, see what happens. Yeah, coming again. As part of the job as being a cook in the logging camp, she often had to chase the bears away from the garbage. And the lumberjacks. <laughs> she described this one as a beautiful young black bear. He was beautiful, healthy, and shiny, she said. Stady said she hopes that conservation officers... <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> Stady said she hopes that... The lumberjack was. Conservation officers don't catch the bear if it means they will kill it, but she said she's been heartened oh. to hear some dogs barking more than usual since the incident. You what, know, she needs what to get a dog. What does that tell her? What does that tell her? She needs a dog. No, she just needs to shut the door. Well, and if you want the ocean breezes to come in, open the window. Open a window. Bear's not going to figure that out. Oh, and then she says, I think it's the dogs chasing him away. The British Columbia Conservation Officer Service warned that a bear that gets inside a house poses a significant public safety threat. Oh, (laughs) really? Thanks. It's like the deer and Tommy boy. Because it is confined, they have no immediate escape route and therefore may be extremely unpredictable. Well, I would would imagine so. I would imagine so. But this one knew where to find the sugar. During hot summer weather... If doors are left open for ventilation, that must be a thing they do on Vancouver Island. People must leave their doors open for you ventilation. A, you get a nice breeze. How how hot would it be? They get a nice breeze. Thank you. If doors are left open, extra care should be taken to make sure there are absolutely no attractants available that a bear might find tempting. Like a freshly baked apple pie that's, that's right. steaming. If a bear comes into your house... 
The Conservation Service said you should retreat to a safe room and call 911 or contact a conservation officer. I am stuck with a bear. <laughs> you know, I think that uh, as the coyote sightings continue to increase in sure. St. Paul, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you got to look before you open your door. What if you open the door to go out and get the paper and there's one standing right well, there? Well, I don't think you can live your life like that. Oh, well, I'm going you had to. A fox I'm going to your place. I did. I had the fox. So I, I'm, I, I give it a little look before I go out to get the paper. Well, you. Coast maybe, is clear. Maybe your yard is just very attractive to these. They're all over that corner. Of, they're all over southwestern St. Paul. They're now out in Roseville, as we heard. This is not, they are not uncommon. All are welcome. And they are not welcome. They're a menace. And I hope to God some kid doesn't get bit. Yeah, that is a serious concern. You know, there's this, this woman, I bet there's a, I bet she's got an interesting life story. She's 95 years old. Yep. Still this, the bear chaser. She's still living on her own. Yes. And she was. uh, Outlived the hubby probably. Or, or or was she ever married? She was a cook across the logging camps of British Columbia. Maybe she just liked to play the field, so to speak. Well, but is I bet she has tremendous tales to tell. I'll say. Should we call her sometime? Let's call her. What was logging camp like? I would like to know that. Sure. Yeah, well, that would be log. Plus, she's 95. She'd be fun to talk to. I, okay. Let's get her next week. All right. Let's try to get her. Give, uh, that, uh, give that info to Kelsey. No, you guys are going to find her. You're going to find her. And we're we're going to track her down. We're gonna well, have, she might not have a phone if she's in the logging camp. While you're... Matt, she's not in a logging camp. She's <laughs> she she's quit. in a house now. This is If you had listened. I got gotcha. you. Know, the bear was in her kitchen twice. A lot of people like to jog. Yes, yeah. they do. Thanks, Betty. And her name is uh, Anna Stady. Oh. And uh, there's a picture of her here standing in her kitchen. Sure. And uh, I'm I'm reasonably certain she would have a telephone. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll be back shortly. All right. And Reavers can get those lines. Yeah, he's got that. He's all over that. But now, thanks to our good friends. Like she in was Ro- the logging camp. <laughs> but now, thanks to our all good over. friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated. It's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal and Your Money Now. Little music for you. He's always ready. Uh, we're looking at a uh, pretty decent day in the market today. We had a, a jobs report that wasn't as spectacular as some might have thought it would be, but still uh, not bad. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 139 points. The NASDAQ Composite has been back and forth all day. It's now on the plus side ahead four. The S&P 500 is up 12 points. The July employment report, not as strong as some economists had expected. The Labor Department said non-farm payrolls rose by 157,000 in July, following gains of more than 200,000 in May and June. The manufacturing industry did add 37,000 jobs last month. The unemployment rate came in at 3.9%, down from an even 4% in June. Molson Coors Brewing is turning to cannabis drinks in search of growth. The company said it is forming a joint venture with the Hydropothecary Company, a Canadian cannabis producer, to develop non-alcoholic cannabis-infused beverages for the Canadian 
Canadian market. Recreational marijuana use in Canada will be legal in October, and edible and drinkable cannabis products are expected to be legalized by next year. I'm Bruce Vale with your Money Now on 1500 ESPN. All right, thanks for the Yogi Bear music. Uh, tell Boo Boo I said hello. Okay. All right, we'll talk to you in one hour. Bruce Vale with the Your Money Now report. Sportscast Idol right now. If you want to vote, go to the website, 1500ESPN.com. You could be part of our next hire, finding out who is going to win that 7 to 8 a.m. Sunday. Bye. Commencing garage logic segment number eight. Here's John Heinz. Thanks, Joe. It's partly sunny and 80 degrees. This update brought to you by Fred Loisace Hardware and Garden Store. Proud sponsor of the Beer Show. Got it, got it. Thursday nights here on 1500 ESPN. Yeah, was that a good show last night? That was a fun show last night. Action packed show last night. Yeah, well, who messed with my little chair? Yeah, Yeah, I meant to to tell you about that. Bartley likes low riding. Mike Zimmer says the Vikings are not trying to trade linebacker Anthony Barr, who's entering the final year of his contract, has not yet agreed to an extension. Uh, the head coach actually called reporters together this morning early, uh, saying he wanted to debunk a report about Barr possibly being oh on the trading it's block. August hey, there was a game 3rd. last night, right? There yeah. was. Yeah. I fortunately forgot Chicago completely and, about uh, it. I didn't see any of it. I didn't see any of it. No. Shut uh, down. That was a 17-16, but I'm not sure who won. It was either... The Ravens or the Bears? I, One of I those watched, two. Uh, you watched, watched oh, Chris, you didn't watch it. That's well, the saddest thing. Ever. I was. Dummy. I got home late because I was doing the highly rated beer show, and I watched. My God, I watched an inning of the Red Sox Yankees yeah. game, and it took an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, I watched an inning of that myself. But so no I flipped football. over. I said, "Oh yeah, that's right. There's a game on. I just wanted to check. It. Read a book." At the Bridgestone Invitational, three players at eleven under: Ian Poulter, Tommy Fleetwood, and Justin Thomas. Uh, Kyle Stanley is still playing. He's only through nine today. He's at 10 under. The other three are done for the day. Twins and Royals tonight from Target Field. Jake Odorizzi for the Twins. Heath Fillmeyer for Kansas City. By the way, uh, the Twins uh, also in the last half hour announcing they've claimed a couple of players off waivers. Right-handed pitcher Oliver Drake was claimed from Toronto. Infielder Johnny Field from Tampa Bay. Now, Drake actually will join the team tomorrow. Field is being sent to Rochester. The 31-year-old Drake is joining his fifth team this season. <laughs> is his name Oliver? Oliver Drake. I like the name Oliver, and I like the name Heath. Hmm. So there, I'm just telling you that. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Not to be confused with Heath Barr. He's pitched in 14 games this season, Drake, with Milwaukee, Cleveland, the Angels, and Toronto. There you go. He's 1-1 one one with an ERA over. Is he a over. troublemaker? I, I, he's got an ERA No, over. I bet he's just mediocre at best. He has an ERA over 7 in those 14 games. Ooh, so, yeah, he'll be, he'll be joining the team tomorrow. Go get him, Drake. Go get him, Ollie. <laughs> Ollie. News notes from today. The Minneapolis City Council has approved language for a proposed ballot question that would allow all 13 council members a say in running the city's police department, not just Mayor Jacob Fry. Language has now been sent to the city's Charter Commission for consideration as required by state law. The Charter Commission has up to 150 days to take up the matter. The committee can either approve or reject the proposal or offer a substitute. That recommendation would then go back to the city council for a vote. The council has until August 24th to submit final language to get the proposal on the ballot on November 6th. Uh, Mayor Fry opposes the proposal. 
Minnesota Department of Human Rights announced it has reached agreements or tentative agreements with 39 of 43 school districts and charter schools it met with in the state last fall about reducing disparities in suspensions and expulsions for students of color and students with disabilities in non-safety-related incidents. The release said the MDHR had signed settlement agreements with 34 and had tentative agreements with five others. According to the release, the meetings last fall followed a review of the most recent five years of public data reported by schools and districts to the Minnesota Department of Education's Discipline Incident Reporting System. The release says those numbers show students of color make up 31% of the population in the state schools but receive 66% of all suspension and expulsions. Students with disabilities make up 14% of the population but receive 43% of suspensions and expulsions. Reavers. Sir. Go to the site of the 3M Championship and give us an update on the scoring. 3M Not You don't have to do it out loud. And, John, you can continue the news. <laughs> I when am you find here. The, when you find the information, <laughs> I would like to know if you could give us a little leaderboard update. I do have your leaderboard, sir. All right. At the you. TPC Twin Cities, 1.7 mil for the purse. Nice. Uh, day is leading. G, day. I don't know what it's good. Name. Good day. Gordon. Good day. Green day. Jeff. Green day. Uh, Petrovich is at four under in second place, tied with Lee Jansen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay, Jay Sindelar, <laughs> Gary Hallberg, wow. Larry Mize. I didn't know reading was this difficult. And pe- well, they only they have, the have the first initial, initial of the first I, I name. Oh, you're doing guess- a pretty good job. Yeah, he's guessing on a few, I think. Peter Leonard, yeah. John Haas, and Timmy Tollers. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Gary Day is a year leader at 500. Who was in 17th place? Oh, you son of a... China today announcing... That the... would be Tom Lehman. Wow. He got one under. There yep. you go. Thank you. China today announcing retaliatory tariffs on $60 billion worth of U.S. goods ranging from liquefied natural gas to some aircraft and warned of further measures signaling it won't back down in the trade war with Washington. China's finance ministry unveiled new sets of additional tariffs on 5,207 goods imported from the United States, ranging from 5 to 25 percent. Timing, according to the Chinese Commerce Ministry, will depend on the actions of the United States. The Trump administration had ratcheted up pressure for trade concessions from Beijing this week by proposing a higher 25 percent tariff on $200 billion worth of Chinese ex- uh, imports. Excuse me. China immediately vowed to retaliate at the same time, urging the U.S. to act rationally and return to talks to resolve the dispute. Mayor. Yes. May I ask you a question? Why not? Not, and I don't mean to pry into your personal life by well, any means right. here, but you never seem to want to watch golf live in person. What do you mean? Well, like with the 3M today or this oh. weekend, and then when we had the Ryder Cup here, you didn't really have an interest. I'm you curious. Because you can't see anything. Oh, I see. You'd rather watch it on a beautiful TCL yeah. uh, television yeah, set. It's a terrible, terrible sport for spectators, unless gotcha. you're satisfied to sit in one location all, all day. day long. Gotcha. Okay. President Trump last night ramping up his attack on the media, criticizing the press as, quote, fake, fake, disgusting news and calling journalists in attendance horrible, horrendous people. Well, he's wrong, and he's playing a bad game, a bad game. Appearing in Pennsylvania to support a Republican candidate for the U.S. Senate, the president spent more than 15 minutes listing a series of grievances with the press, 
inducing angry chanting from the crowd toward the assembled media in the area. During the middle of the speech, the president pointed to the press area in the middle of the arena as he recalled skepticism about his chances of victory back in November 2016. Get over yourself, Trump, you fool. He said, quote, even these people back there, these horrible, horrendous people, there's never been anything like what happened in November, the president said. Earlier in the day, U.N. experts had warned that the president's rhetoric may increase the risk of journalists being targeted of violence, while his daughter, Ivanka Trump, said unlike her father, she does not consider the media the enemy of the people. You're not leaving at 3 to go to the 3M? No. WWE wrestler known as Kane is the new mayor of Knox County in Tennessee. (laughs) Well, there's been precedent. Yeah, there is. He's got a governor here. Uh, Kane's real name is Glenn Jacobs. Uh, Jacobs runs an insurance and real estate company, was leading Democrat Linda Haney by a large margin with most of the votes counted late last night. The Knoxville News Sentinel reports Jacobs claimed victory at his watch party. He said some politicians responded with resounding laughter when he announced his decision to seek the top job. Uh, Mr. Governor, did you happen to inspire uh, Mr. Kane for uh, running to him? We don't want to talk to him, Chris. (laughs) I'm silent. That's right. Thank you. The jacket worn by Harrison Ford as Han Solo in the Star Wars film The Empire Strikes Back could bring more than a million bucks at an auction of rare film and TV memorabilia next month. The Han Solo jacket is the priciest item being sold. The second is the hat that Ford wore as Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's expected to bring almost $400,000. If Back to the Future 2 is more your thing, Marty McFly's hoverboard is expected to bring between forty dollars and $65,000. And the corset worn by Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman in Batman Returns is projected to bring three to $6,000. All told, more than 600 items valued at more than $4.6 million are slated for the auction block on September. Who's, who's behind this? Who's uh, auctioning these things? The auction is from... Is it for charity? or No, no. It's not for charity. No, it's the uh, prop store. Auction block at the prop store. Okay. Anything from Job of the Hut? Uh, not that I see. No. Okay. <laughs> a pioneer not of everything, Not everything is for sale, is it? <laughs> no. A pioneer it's of... It's Friday afternoon, isn't it, John? It yeah. is. You guys know Vincent Van Gogh was, right? Yeah, I do, John. I'm uh, not sure about the other two. Chopped off his ear. Post-impressionism, 2,000 masterpieces during his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is now uh, a celebration of his legacy. The Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam has teamed up with the shoe skate brand Vans. Get it? Van Gogh and Van. Mm-hmm. Got it. To mm-hmm. create a limited edition collection that allows wearers to celebrate their love of the Dutch master's art from head to toe. It'll launch uh, in August, uh, well, this month actually launched. The Vans Times Van Gogh Museum collection will feature sneakers, T-shirts, and jackets that have been printed with some of the artist's most recognizable paintings. Pieces, what scared me, will include Skull. Don McLean, song about Vincent Van Gogh. Mm-hmm. Very good work. Uh, hoodie with the central sunflowers motif, a motif, excuse me, and other of his. Van Gogh painted normal stuff, right? He didn't. Yeah. Put well, it was like the screen coming out of your you eyeball, know? and no, no, but it was kind of blurry sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Blurry. You'd yeah. been a good Bigfoot. Yeah. I didn't know cherry pie was all about. Uh, our American pie was all about Vincent no, no, Van Gogh. This is an American pie. Oh. Is, is Dave Dahl available? Every as soon as we come back. Same, same I'm wearing bands right now. This guy has seen more urban wildlife than a DNR field agent with a Ph.D., Joe Suchere. 
Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're up to 80, and it's climbing fast out there, heading for high temperatures probably at least in the mid, maybe even upper 80s before we're done here. Dew points are climbing as well. Still some strong thunderstorms in eastern parts of our state and northwestern Wisconsin. That cluster of stronger thunderstorms is going to slide eastward and uh, kind of move out of our state here in the next hour and a half. Down here in southern Minnesota, it's going to be a warm and steamy evening. Uh, low temperatures getting down to 72. Thunderstorms probably developing after about 2 or 3 in the morning and lasting through the morning hours tomorrow. A little bit of a break toward midday, but then more thunderstorms by tomorrow evening. Uh, it looks like Saturday is going to be the wettest day of the two this weekend. 80 for the high tomorrow. On Sunday, it's going to be warm and steamy again, up to 87. Some scattered thunderstorms possible, especially in the early part of the day. Monday, mid-80s for highs. We're going to keep those mid-80s for highs all the way through the end of the week with um, a chance of some scattered showers and storms just about each day, but it doesn't look like washouts next week. Going for a high today up to about 85 to 86, Joe. Right now we're at 80, and I have the records for the day. August 3. Has been as warm as 99 on this date. 99. 1941. 1941. 46. 46. In 1971. 1971. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. French lawmakers have approved a measure outlawing sexual harassment in the street. That stands to reason, doesn't it? Okay, yes, of course. That includes catcalling and lewd or degrading comments will be considered a crime punishable by on-the-spot fines of up to 750 euros or about 870 bucks. The country's Senate passed the legislation late Wednesday as part of a broader uh, package of measures targeting sexual violence, which the lower House of Parliament advanced earlier this year. Uh, Okay, how do you enforce this? You'd have to be caught red-handed. I mean, well, uh, uh, literally, Sarah Jeong of the New York Times, who hates men. What what could she not possibly interpret as being foul? Let's say she's in Paris. Right. We already know what she thinks about men. Right. Or that that tub of lard uh, professor that ripped Barbara Bush. What? Um, Rhonda Jalar or whatever. What what? Can you imagine you, if you, you know what this is? The presence of men will constitute sexual harassment. Oh, uh, you've been saying that for twenty years. We're getting closer. Eventually, eventually, that's going to. Oh, the presence of a man. Well, that, even though they're still including catcalling and. Uh, yeah, but what constitutes catcalling? Uh, the law, which takes effect next month, has been a centerpiece of a year-long campaign supported by President Emmanuel Macron's government. Boosted in recent days by a viral video that drew millions of views and waves of condemnation. The film posted last week on Facebook at first appears mundane. Mm. Pulled from silent closed-caption TV security footage, it depicts a half-filled restaurant patio where diners sip their drinks and exchange pleasantries. At the top of the frame, a woman in red passes a man with a bag slung over his shoulder. He turns in her direction, apparently catcalling her, and she turns to reply without hitting stride. It wasn't the first time that day the woman... Oh, it wasn't the first time... Uh, That day, that week, or that month, the woman, Marie Laguerre, told a French broadcaster, it's been building up. I got angry and said, shut up. I didn't think he'd hear it, but he did. 
just as she exits, I did see this, just as she exits the frame in the bottom left corner, the man grabs an ashtray from a table tucked in the top right, and he tosses at her, sailing the hard object over diner's head. The confrontation uh, then follows, and then in a disturbing image, he hits her across the face. Wow. Well, of course, that kind Right. Of course. There's no question there. Right. Sign sealed delivered. After another flurry of heated words, the time between the man and the outraged diners, Laguerre said she walked on to file a complaint with law enforcement. Okay. Uh, Harassment in the street has previously not been punished from now on. It will be uh, what the key is that the laws of the French Republic forbid insulting, intimidating, threatening, and following women in public spaces. Okay, I get it. You can't throw an ashtray at a woman, right? right? Of course not. But what is what, and I'm not, uh, suggesting that men should be allowed to behave any way they want. That's not what I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting is who is it that's going to determine what's insulting or intimidating? Who is it that's right, going that, to determine what's threatening? I mean, threats should be fairly obvious, but in, uh, insulting and intimidating, that could be anything. Anything. Hey, nice hair. Nice yeah. eye cyclops. Yeah. Well, you would see if you said cyclops, you'd probably be guilty. Oh, okay. Hey, nice eyes. Hey, four eyes. Yeah. Yeah, but do you routinely walk down the street and say that to a woman? No. Well, neither do I. Nor would I throw an ashtray. No. I don't cat call either. This kind of measure doesn't work anywhere, radio host Jean-Jacques Bourdin has argued, uh, it, because it's been tried in Portugal, Finland, and Belgium. It doesn't work. I, I, apparently, uh, I'm onto something here. Uh, the reason it doesn't work, of course, is that who is going to determine what constitutes these slights? I'm not saying France shouldn't make an attempt to purge the Champs d'Elysees ah. from sexual harassment. Lac de triomphe. But this just opens up a whole world of, see that guy over there? Right. You're looking at me funny. Yeah, he looked looking at, at me. me funny. He looked at me. I'll go get him. No one. The Sands is proud to present a wonderful new show, A Man and His Music. The music of Count Basie and his great band. And the man is Joe Suchere. <laughs> Huh? Yeah. My favorite. All right, let's hit it now. Here we go. How did all these people get in my room? <laughs> Almost mirrored. I don't know what name Chris assigned to Haas out at 3M. It's Jay Haas. I think he called him Bill. Bill Haas? Well, that would Who's be Bill Haas. Bill, I think, is Jay's son. Oh. Jay Haas. Not John 1500 Haas. 1500 ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis.